Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, the scripture says these very powerful words. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Aramaic Bible says it like this. For today the Savior has been born to you, who is the Lord Jehovah, the Messiah, in the city of David. It says that it's God in flesh. Amen. And so I want to talk to you for a little while, not long, about the greatest gift. The greatest gift. Let's just thank God for all of the things that we saw so far. The skit about how God is with people. He comforts and he brings people to their door. And he provides moments of upliftment. Whenever they can't uplift themselves, they feel down. God God knows where everyone's at today in this room. He knows where people are that are family and friends of ours that may be having a good Christmas. May, maybe Christmas and the holiday doesn't mean good to them because they've lost somebody. We just saw an experience like that. But guess what? God still knows and he sent a present and he sent carolers and he knows how to touch us. Amen. So let's just... Thank the Lord one more time as we are seated today for a great and mighty God, for his presence and his power in our life. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your kindness to us. Thank you for your help in times of trouble. Thank you, Lord, that when we fall, you help us to rise. Amen. Thank you for your kindness and your grace. We appreciate you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord today. Has anyone ever had one of those individuals, maybe it was a secret Santa or maybe it was just a family member where you pick out a certain family member and you have to get them a Christmas present, but they're a hard person to shop for? Have you ever had someone like that, a difficult individual? Maybe they have all of the stuff that they really want and they don't necessarily need anything and so you're, you're, you're really hard pressed to find a good gift for them. So they're a hard to shop for individual. If you've ever had someone like that, it's not fun to find the greatest gift for them. Amen? And you can search, and, and you know, we have something nowadays where we, we go to Christmas parties or different things, and people give gifts, and we pretend like we like it and hope the gift receipt's in the bag. Have you ever done that? Oh, come on, let's get real in here. Sometimes, you know, it's not the thing that you wanted, but thank God for gift receipts because you can always take it back. So you spend a lot of time chasing down gifts to give them to people that have to spend a lot of time taking them back to get what they really want. That's kind of the way things go sometimes. It's just, it's the way things happen for Christmas and they appreciate that you thought of them and you were kind enough to go out of your way to go and get them a gift but it's not like that with Jesus. When he gives us a gift, he gives us the greatest gift. There's no reason to ever go back and return. You don't have to ask for a receipt in case it doesn't go very well. You know for a fact that when God gives a gift to your life that it's a good gift and it's going to be the greatest thing for you. Sometimes we trade in good for the best and when we trade in for Jesus we always get the greatest gift. Amen. I bought my brother a huge gift. And when you're young, I don't know if it was like this for you at your house, but the bigger the box that was wrapped, it seemed like the better the gift was going to be. Did you ever have that moment where you're like, you come down and you wanted to know if the biggest present under the tree was yours? Because you're like, oh man, I got the best gift this year. 
And so we always had like the biggest boxes. We I'd find the biggest box I could find for my brother's gift because I knew that he wanted to see the biggest box under the tree. And um, so I kind of played a joke on him one year. He wanted one of these unidentified floppy objects. Have you ever seen those? Those whammo frisbees that you can fold up and then you unfold them and they fly. So he wanted one of those. So I wrinkled it all up and put it in a box about this big and then stuck it in the corner of a box that was like four by four by four. And I, I wrapped that huge big, kind of like this thing right here. That's why I wanted that here today because it, was, it looked kind of like that. And he came down and he was just like, <gasps> And I was like, breathe, it's okay, take a breath. And his eyes were like as big as Buick hubcaps. He thought, he got the best gift this year, it was good. And so he opens it up, and there's nothing but filler. And he just, <laughs> I'm like, keep digging. And he's digging, and he's digging, and he can't find it. And it's way down in a corner. But when he found it, it was the exact gift that he really wanted. It just wasn't the package the way he thought it was going to be packaged. And so sometimes when we come to the Lord, we find out that, hey, the pastor's up there talking about the greatest gift, but maybe Jesus came to you in a way that wasn't packaged the way you thought it was going to be packaged. Maybe he came to you in a difficult relationship to put grace into your life so that you could understand and grow in a difficult relationship and actually see God in those moments of difficult times. Maybe he brought other things to your life, maybe difficult things. Maybe you get together with family and there's that awkward tension in the room. I don't know if you have a family like that. Maybe you don't, but there's just that one, those unspoken moments where you just really don't feel as comfortable, but they're your family and you know you should invest in them and spend time with them. And so you care about them enough to go to Christmas events, but there's still that tension in the room and you want that tension to go away so bad because you really love your family. But out of all of that, you're taught patience. It's a gift that's wrapped so poorly that you don't know that there could be anything good come of it but God gave us family amen and he gave us family for a reason and sometimes the greatest patience moments in our life the greatest moments where we find strength in Jesus Christ is when we have to whisper a prayer help me in this relationship Lord and he's there for us interesting thing about God is anytime there's a question in the scripture of someone saying, why haven't you done this for me? Why haven't you been there? He always answers with, I'm here. He doesn't always answer the question because God knows sometimes we can handle the questions better than we can handle the answers to the questions. And sometimes when we get the answer to the question we're asking God for, it just creates more questions. And so it becomes a never-ending cycle. But sometimes in the scriptures, when you begin to read and understand as you process the word of God, you'll actually go, that's interesting. The, the, the man of God, the prophet, the, the, the late, little lady in the scripture, someone that has a need, someone that's praying in the scriptures, they're asking for God to do something for them. And he shows up and his answer to do, you know, would you please do this is, I'm here. Doesn't seem like it fits the question. Doesn't seem like it responds to the request. But really, God is saying that everything you need is found in my presence. So his greatest present has always been his presence. And we have to realize that because we won't understand everything we go through in life. In Isaiah 9 and 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Everybody say Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Did you know that peace has a prince and his name is Jesus? So sometimes we have to buy and shop for people that are difficult to shop for. And 
whenever we find the great gift, we know that's going to satisfy and that's going to be make them very happy. If if you know anything about me, you know I like to see people be happy. And um, sometimes I joke too much because I like to see people be happy. And I say some things every once in a while that are enjoyable as jokes, but um, like the two Indians that were <laughs> that were celebrating Christmas and they wanted to send a smoke signal to their other tribes to wish them a Merry Christmas. And they were near the Mojave Desert and the U.S. nuclear testing had begun. And so they detonated, as they were preparing their little fire, they detonated a nuclear bomb off in the distance. And as the mushroom cloud went up, one of the Indians looked at the other Indian and said, Wow. The other Indian said, Me wish me said that. <laughs> so I like to make people laugh because I feel like the gift of humor helps people in a hard situation. You don't know where people have gone. You don't know what people have been through. But you can be a bright spot in somebody's life if you bring Jesus to them. The greatest Christmas you could ever have is to be Christmas. The greatest gift you can ever give is to give Jesus. And to teach somebody about him is a very important thing because there's so many empty presents in the world. Whenever I gave my brother his gift, he was so excited. It's wrapped it beautifully. It was sparkly was everything he thought it was going to be the biggest gift and when he started digging through the packages the when he opened the box and started pulling out all the newspaper and the other stuff they put in there his face began to change like this is just a big joke nobody i don't i didn't get a gift the size i thought it was going to be i didn't get what i thought it was going to be when he got to the gift he realized it was what he wanted but while he was searching he thought the gift was empty how many things have we been offered as gifts from this world that end up being empty? Packages that look bright and shiny and beautiful and it's all packaged up and it looks like it'll bring happiness, that elusive thing called happiness that we all chase after, amen? But somehow the gift, when we get it open, doesn't quite bring that. It reminds me of a story of a little boy who was in elementary school and it came, became Christmas time and the little girl behind him, he had a crush on her and he thought she was... a beautiful little girl and he always tried to do things to get her attention and that Christmas um, day before when they started putting out little decorations around the room she pulled something out of her bag and she put a little Christmas box on her desk it was just a tiny little box but it was a little Christmas present and and he in, in his young mind just began to craved to know what was in that little box. It was kind of just red cellophane. It wasn't anything amazing, but it immediately captured his attention. And every day he'd come into school before leading up to Christmas, he treasured to know what might be inside that little box. And so he began to desire that. And one day he came in early in the morning and he saw it sitting on the desk and he couldn't help himself being a little child. He tore into the present and, and here sits this little present that's not even his, all dismantled on the desk and there's nothing inside of it. There's literally no gift inside. It simply was a matter of a Christmas decoration that she had put on her desk. And while he sat there in his overwhelming, sickened knowledge of what he had just done and the guilt of tearing up her Christmas decoration, he realized that that scene would play itself out over and over again in his life in different places. And many times we do the same. We think the biggest, brightest, most beautiful thing that we could get is going to bring us happiness. And it's not those things. 
It's the small things in our life that matter most. And whenever Jesus came, he didn't come as a big, beautiful entourage with kings and princes walking behind him and elephants swaying and trumpets and different things. He came as a small gift, a baby in a manger, vulnerable, not able to care for himself, but able to take all of the prophecy and weight of the word of God and fulfill it in a baby. Do you understand the beauty of how awesome our God is? That he could take all of Isaiah's prophecies and all of Micah's prophecies and he could fulfill it in a crying little baby boy and someday die for us on the Calvary that we should have been put on. That cross is a message that you hear at Easter and not so much at Christmas, but we have to realize the reason why he came was to give us the greatest gift and that is to be a substitute for us. I'm grateful that I know a Savior like that who gave his all. Could I have Rob and them come back up? We're going to finish today with an understanding that the Lord is able to do great things for us. But in Matthew 1 and 21, it says, And he shall bring forth, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus is actually two words put together in the scripture. J-E comes from Jehovah, which is the God of the Old Testament. And S-U-S is the addition that's added on to Jehovah in the New Testament because he became flesh and died for us. So it literally means, S-U-S literally means become salvation. So it's like Jehovah, our Savior, is really what Jesus means. And every time you say that name, you're saying, God became my salvation. He came near. And I'm grateful that he did that because wherever you come from and whatever life had in store for you or however you lived life, I had a very interesting upbringing, a very difficult life. And some of us are in that same boat. We we grew up through abuses and different things. And, and there were times where I felt like I couldn't get to God. But because of the story of him coming to me, I felt like that God would always reach for me, that his precedent was set, that if he would divest himself of glory and come down to bring glory, then he was willing to reach his holiness into my unholiness, that he was willing to reach his sinlessness into my sin, that he was willing to take on flesh so that he could die for me, so that I could take on the spiritual and go to heaven, amen, that he literally made a precedent that no matter how far you are from me, I'm willing to do anything that I have to do to reach you, so whenever I couldn't reach him, I know he's always reaching for me, whenever I can't quite find a way to him, I know he's always already made a way for me. Whenever I don't know the path to take for my feet, I can pray a simple prayer and he puts me back on a proper path and he gives me light and revelation to know what to do next. I'm grateful for a beautiful love and a savior that was a gift given for me and for you. And just as real as it is for me, it's real for you. Amen. Just as real as it makes sense and plugs into every need and every spot and every void that was in my life being brought up without a good father in the home and with abuse and alcohol and all those things that go with abuse, all those moments where I needed God to show up and and iron out the wrinkles of my life, I tell you that God was a very real and present God in every one of my needs and he does the same for every human being. How can a God who is all-knowing and all-seeing and spinning planets in our universe ever come down and really intertwine himself with man but he did it for me and I know 
he can do it for somebody else. And if God is well able to touch every single need in my life, then he's well able if I give Jesus to somebody else to do the same. To do the same for them. So the angelic visitor came, Gabriel, and told Mary, God's going to overshadow you. The Spirit is going to come over you and you'll have a son. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. So whenever I need something wonderful in my life, I look to him. When I need a counselor, I look to him. When I need a mighty God who's over it all, I look to him. The Jews believed that when, when Jesus, the Messiah, would come, he would come as a king. They believed that. Micah told us about it. It was a prophecy that he's going to come from old and he shall rule Israel, Micah said, as a prophet. So whenever Jesus shows up, it's a bunch of shepherds in the field that have a light display. And the angels come and say, hey, there's one born in the city of David. He's the Messiah. He's Jesus. And they're like, oh, the Messiah, we've heard about that. And they were blown away. But you know what's interesting is the shepherds didn't question because they had too much knowledge in their head. They said, if he's the Messiah and you've said he is, then he's going to be our king no matter whether he showed up in a small present or not. No matter whether he showed up as a baby or not. He is definitely the king. And they received it and they took it into the city and said, come and see the baby Jesus born in a manger. Because God always goes to those that are receptive. Amen? Would you stand with me? And I want to ask you today, are you receptive of his gifts? Are you willing to receive the presence, whether big or small, whether you notice that they're, they're beautiful or maybe they're just wrapped in brown paper and they come in a weird, a weird presentation. Maybe today you can help me and you both understand that in all of our situations, there's beautiful gifts that God has given us. And it's just a testament to his beautiful love. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as they begin to play in the background? And I'm thankful for everybody that helped with this Christmas service today. And I'm thankful for the fact that we have a reason to be here. Maybe you're not very religious. Maybe you are. Maybe you've had religion in your family all the time. I'm not asking you to be religious. In fact, if someone were to ask me if I was religious, I'd tell them no. I'm asking you to have a relationship. Because religion will make Jesus a stranger in a manger. Jesus wants to come close to your life and touch everything that you need. But if we only approach him through religion, he stays distant from us. We cannot reach him through religion. We must reach him through relationship. And that's the greatest present in our life is to know that he is near to each one of us and that his glory